0: All right, well, if you have your Bible, open it up with me over to Romans chapter four. Well, I've entitled the message today as we go through uh, Romans verse by verse. Going to heaven, it always comes down to this. It always comes down to this. One of the first truths I learned as a baby Christian is that when the issue of how to go to heaven comes up, it always has been and always will be an issue of Grace versus works. All right? Grace versus works. Now, you almost never hear that today, but that is always what it comes down to. Are we saved by the grace of God or are we saved by works? You might say, well, I think it's both. No, 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 sorry. Can't be both. God says it can't be both. It's either by grace. Or by works. As we are going to see very clearly today, the Word of God draws the line that says, listen, one doesn't go to the other side here. It's one or the other. You choose, make your choice. Are you going to be saved by the grace of God, or do you have to do something of yourself, your works, your merit, your faithfulness, your sincerity, your whatever, perseverance, cleaning up your act? Is that how you think you're going to get there? Well, God addresses both of those today. Paul continues his argument by using two Old Testament saints who were considered giants of the faith among the Jewish people. And of course, those individuals were Abraham and David, Abraham and David. Now, Abraham is called the father of the Jews. Okay. And David was, of course, their greatest king. And so as we continue to go through here verse by verse through Romans, it says in verse 1, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? Abraham was the father of the Jews. He was the most revered of all among the Jewish people. How was he justified before God? Now, that's an important question today. I hear it on a regular basis. People say, well, I understand today we're saved by grace. Okay? But in the Old Testament, they were saved by works. All right? No, they weren't. No one has ever been saved by works. Okay? And we're going to show that to you very clearly today in the scriptures. Even those who um, have the gospel as far as how we're saved, they will make the mistake in saying, well, in the Old Testament, they were saved by works. Today, we're saved by grace. No, friend. No, friend. It's never been by works. And we'll see that. And it really, honestly, a, an aware reading of the Bible makes it abundantly clear. I don't see how people can miss that today, all right? So Abraham was the father of the Jews. He was the most revered of all. How was he justified? Verse two, for if Abraham were justified by works, well, he hath whereof to glory. Ah, you see that? See that? He has whereof to glory. He was justified by works. No, no, that's not what it's saying. For if Abraham were justified by works, he is whereof to glory. But look at the next phrase. But not before God. Not before God. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What Doesn't it say over the, in James that Abraham was justified by his works? Okay, he was justified in a practical way by his works, but it's very clear here in Romans that he didn't get to heaven by his works, no, in the eyes of man, he was justified. People could look at Abraham and say, well, he's a righteous man. That's what James is talking about. James is not saying this is how he got to heaven. Here in verse two, for if Abraham were justified by works, he has ware of the glory, but not before God. Okay, the word works here is also translated as doing or deeds in the King James Bible. okay. Doing or deeds. For if Abraham was justified by doing, or by good deeds, he has whereof to glory. But notice what it says: not before God. God's not going to get you into heaven. Let you into heaven by your works. That's no basis. This has to do with doing good works in order to merit eternal life. Okay, and God says no. You're not going to get in that way. This would be a man trusting in his own doing or self to gain eternal life. Now, let me cover several issues on this today. The first one is this God, you notice, God would not accept Abraham's works as a means of salvation. Okay? God won't do it. Man. In man's eyes, people look at Abraham and say, oh, he was a righteous man. Now, he wasn't perfect, but he was a righteous man. Yeah, by human standards. But if Abraham would have wanted to use those good works that he did and say, okay, this is how I'm going to get into heaven, God says, sorry, you're not going to get in this way. The word glory here, he has whereof to glory, means boast, okay? The point is clear. If you are trying to work your way to heaven, God is not impressed, friend. Now, you may be very, very sincere. I don't want to make light of that. There are some people today who are living good lives by human standard, okay? They're lost people, but they're raising their kids right. They have a happy marriage. Um, you know, they're well-liked in their community. Uh, they may belong to some of the social clubs and so forth. I guess that's what you call them uh, locally. And all this, they're they're considered good citizens of the city. And yet at the same time, God says, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get in by your merit. You can boast about your accomplishments in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, it holds no merit whatsoever. God's standard is perfection. In other words, God's standard for you to get into heaven is his righteousness Okay, His righteousness. We've already seen in our study, man's righteousness when offered as entrance into heaven is as filthy rags in the eyes of God. Isaiah 64, 6. God's standard is perfection and none of us measure up because there's not a perfect person in this room who is ever, by the way, there's not a perfect person who's ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. Therefore, our righteousness is not good enough to get us in to heaven, Verse three, for what saith the scripture? And by the way, doesn't it or shouldn't it always come down to that? What sayeth the scripture? Not what does Dr. So-and-so say about this or what does Reverend So-and-so say about this or what does Pastor So-and-so say about this? No, what does God say about this? For what sayeth the scriptures? Look at this, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What did he do? He believed God. Notice it doesn't say he believed in God. People will say today, well, to get to heaven, you just need to believe in God. No, you need to believe what God said about how to get to heaven. That's what it's getting at. He had faith in what God said. He believed God's word. And that is how you're saved today, is by believing what's called the gospel of the grace of God, okay? That Jesus died on the cross as the payment for our sin, God in the flesh came, died on the cross as a payment for our sin, and he rose from the grave three days later to prove it was done. And he says, if we will trust in him as our savior, he will give us everlasting life, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness, all right? Verse four, now to him that worketh, you might say, well, you know, I'm not convinced. I think I can earn it. I think I can work my way to heaven. Look what it says. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Number two, believing in works for salvation puts you in an impossible predicament of paying an impossible debt. Believing in works for salvation puts you in an impossible predicament of paying an impossible debt. Verse four, the word reward means a wage. What do you owe? In other words, to him that worketh as a reward or a wage not reckoned of grace but of debt. If you say, okay, I'm gonna earn my way to heaven. I'm going to do good works. That will get me to heaven. God says, okay, okay. If that's the way you want it, you've got to be perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm pretty, no, no. Perfect. If you're gonna put yourself under that, you're gonna have to live a perfect life from the day you're born to the day you die if you're gonna go by your works. See, friend, we have a choice. Yes, Jesus paid for our sins, but we can reject the payment he made and say, no, I will earn my own way. God says you can't do it. You can't do it. If you're going to work for it, you must be perfect. If you reject the work of Christ as sufficient payment, then you must try to be saved by your works. God says, okay, you're going to put yourself under works, then you have a debt to pay. The wages of sin, if you sin, the wages of sin is going to be death. Not a good place to be. Turn with me, hold your place and turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter three. So many people today think you can do good works to get to heaven. Now, for the Christian, good works are a good thing to do. We should live a life of good works as Christians. But that's after we've trusted Christ the Savior. It won't save you or keep you saved. That's only through what Christ has done on the cross. Galatians three. You might say, no, I'm sorry. I was taught my whole life. Listen, this is what I've been taught my whole life and I'm going to go to my death believing this because I'm not going to change. I've believed this my whole life. Well, friend, you, listen, you better believe the truth because if you go to your death believing in works for salvation, you will immediately be consumed in hell fire. Okay? I say that as a friend. I say that to warn you. You can't be saved by your works because you have not been perfect because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This has been the entire message up to this point of Romans, right? It's why Jesus went to the cross. He came to be our Savior because we couldn't save ourselves by our works. Galatians 3.10 For as many as are of the works of the law. "I, I think I need to keep the Ten Commandments. For as many as are of the works of the law are under not the blessing, the curse. For it is written, this is what the Bible says, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things, which are written in the book of the law to do them. So again, you put yourself under an impossible debt to pay. I'll be saved by works, okay, you gotta be perfect. Why can't be perfect? Well, then you're in serious trouble. You can't pay your debt. Verse 11 But look at the language, no man is justified by the works of the law in the sight of God. How many? No man. Let me ask you this morning, does that include you? If that includes you, raise your hand. Okay, that includes you, okay? All right, and by the way, man here means mankind, okay? So we're not just talking about males, all right? Got to say that nowadays. Got to be equal, right? Everything. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. He says no man's going to be saved by the works of the law. No man. You can't earn your way to heaven. Therefore, if you're going to get to heaven, you notice how you get there? By faith. By faith. Faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Faith in Jesus Christ that his payment for your sin... He paid the payment that needed to be made and he did it for you as a substitute. Verse 12, and the law is not of faith. You notice? You can't mix them. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. And here's the truth of it. If you don't, what death. Which leads us to our third point. The good works of Abraham's day, and this is something a lot of people don't understand. The good works of Abraham's day were not the keeping of the Mosaic law. Now, this was something that the Jews needed to hear because they think, okay, Father, uh, Father Abraham, you know, he's the father of the Jews. And therefore, um, we link the Old Testament and being Jewish to the law. Well, God says this. That's not the way it can be. Look with me um, to Galatians chapter three. You're still there. In verse 17, it says, And this I say that the covenant which that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, watch this, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. This is vital to understand and accept because there are many today who have a, the mentality that, that in the Old Testament they got To heaven, the Jews got to heaven by their works. But no, Abraham was justified by faith before the law was ever given. The law did not come until 430 years after that. Did you catch that? The law was not given. Moses didn't come until hundreds of years after Abraham. And there was no Mosaic law. There were no Ten Commandments. They didn't exist. They weren't in writing. So they weren't saved by keeping the law because the law had not been given. Abraham was justified by faith in Jesus Christ that he would come. Now, he didn't know him as that name, so to speak, but he knew Messiah would come make a payment for sin who would be the savior of the world. And he put his faith in the Lord and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It's vital under, and, and by the way, this is vital to understand because there are... Many today who have a non-Jewish form of works keeping, all right? Many will admit that keeping the Ten Commandments, I've read commentaries on this, they'll admit that keeping the Ten Commandments will not save them, but they insist on another system of good works. They'll say, well, no, we're not saved by keeping the works of the law, but you have to be water baptized to be saved. Okay? Or you have to surrender your life to the Lord to be saved. Or you need to reform your life. You need to forsake and repent and get rid of all the sin in your life. And that's the way they use the word repent, which is not correct. Or you need to make a commitment. Or you need to make a promise. You need to turn from your sin. You need to give your life. You need to follow Christ. All of those things, okay, and, and many of them are good. But all of those things have to do with our work, something we have to do. It's not the same as faith. Now let me cover this. It's not in the notes, but I'll just cover it today. Okay? I've heard so many people over the years say, yeah, but you say you don't have to do anything to go to heaven. But isn't isn't trusting Christ, isn't that doing something? It's not a work. It's not a work. We're saying you can't be saved by doing good works and faith is not a work. Oh yeah? Well show that to me. So excited you asked. Back to Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four. Well you need, you get to, no we're not saved by the works of the law but you have to do good works. I mean don't tell me that if you don't do good works you'll go to heaven. Well, that, God says that's not the basis of going to heaven. Good works. What he, friend, listen. Please read Romans chapter four. Romans chapter three. Read the whole book of Romans for that matter. Look at verse five. But, but, okay, in contrast to what? Verse four. Now to him that worketh as a reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. In other words, if you're going to work your way, you're not under grace, you're not receiving it as a gift from God. You're saying, "No, I must do." God says, "Okay, you. If you're going to do, you have a very high debt to pay, and it's perfect living." No, I think I've got to do. I think I have to do these things if I'm going to get there. Verse five. But to him that worketh not, but instead believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Watch this. His faith is counted for righteousness. Here's a person who doesn't do one lick. It's the way they say it in the South. Okay? He doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. I know. There may be people here today who say, this is scandalous what this guy is saying. It's only scandalous to the blind. <clears throat> to the saved, we get it. Because we understand there is nothing in us that we could offer as a payment for our sin. Our good works are of no value. All I can do is trust in Christ that he died in my place to make the payment. And when I do, he gives me, I, in other words, I put my faith in Christ, and what does he do? In exchange for that, he gives me his righteousness. Look at it, verse five. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him. That justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. What do we need to get into heaven? We need righteousness. How do we get it? By faith, not by works. What could be clearer than verse four? What could be clearer that, a statement than this one? A person who does not do good works to get to heaven, but instead puts his faith in Jesus Christ to get to heaven, he receives God's righteousness. It's amazing what God has done but this is the plan of salvation today. It's not grace and works. That's what's called today discipleship salvation or lordship salvation. We use the term today, and I believe in being a follower of Christ, okay? But we use the term today in a wrong way. We'll say, well, you need to be a follower of Christ to get to heaven. That has to do with how you live your life. You don't get to heaven by how you live your life. You get to heaven by where you've put your faith, And it's only in Jesus Christ that will bring God's righteousness and put that to your account. Which leads us to our fourth point. Salvation is a gift by faith alone in Christ alone, apart from works. Now, what could be clearer? Look at verse five. What could be clearer than that? But to him that worketh not, okay, it's not of works, but believeth, okay, it's by faith. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Look up here, look up here. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself worketh not. It is the gift of God, the gift of God. Gifts are free. Look at the next line. Verse nine, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. Yeah, but you can't, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no sense to argue it. God has already proclaimed it. He has declared it. You get into heaven based on what he says, not on religion. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care. Listen, this is, and this is the difference. This is about what we talked about at the very beginning of the message today. It always comes down to grace versus works. Buddhism, it's works for salvation. Hinduism works for salvation. Uh, Confuciusism is confusing, but it's works for salvation. Jehovah's Witnesses work for salvation. Mormons works for salvation. Roman Catholicism works for salvation. Much of Methodism, Methodistism, whatever you want to call it, works for salvation. Not all of it. So there are some saved Methodists. By the way, there are many saved people around who are in churches that aren't preaching and teaching the truth. And yet somewhere along the line, these people got saved. I get that. But I'm talking about the doctrines of the church, All right. If the salvation of your soul or even the keeping of the salvation of your soul is based on the way you live on your works, you have a false place of security. You'll never be saved by putting your faith in your faithfulness. Today, people say, well, you're saved by by grace through faith, but you have to be faithful and persevere if you're going to make it to heaven. Then you're saying you're saved by grace and works. God says, no, it's not of works, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Folks, this is what God says on the issue. Lutherans, yeah, are there saved Lutherans? Yes, they are. There are some saved Lutherans, but let me tell you something. Many, many of them are trusting in their good works. Many of them are trusting in water baptism. I know this makes some people angry, but I just have to tell you the truth because I care. People need the Lord. Religion won't work. Many of your, not all again, many charismatics, Pentecostals, folks, listen, your denomination doesn't matter. I know there are plenty of Baptists who are messed up on this. Many of them are messed up on this. Oh, it's not just by faith. You have to turn from all your sins. You've got to be sorry for all your sins. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Listen, if I could get there by that, Jesus would have never come. Would have never come. But he did. That's why he's such a precious savior. Because he's our only way. If it includes works, then it would not be a gift. Do we understand that? Okay, if I offered you this Bible as a free gift and I said, here, I want you to have it. And then, you, oh, thank you very much. And you took it and you say, wow, well, thank you for the Bible. And, and I said, now, here's what you need to do to keep it. You need to wash my car once a week, which by the way is tough in Minnesota. <laughs> I can just see you out there frozen, you know. You need to provide at least one delicious meal every day for my wife and I. You need to do all of our shopping for us. You need to, um, you know, I mean, I don't mean to sound ridiculous, okay? Keep everything clean, do all the housekeeping if you want to keep it. Now, I know it was a gift, but if you want to keep it, you're going to, you'd say, you know what? You're a liar. You're not telling me the truth. You said it was a free gift, and now you're telling me I got to do all this other stuff. It's a gift of God, not of works. It's what it says. Okay, A lot of people messed up on this, folks. You notice in verse 5 it uses the word counted. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That is a very important Bible word. The word counted means accounted or imputed. The uh, Complete Word Study Dictionary says this, it means to reckon something to a person, to put to his account, either in his favor or for what he must be answerable. Now, in the plan of salvation, and by the way, this word counted or imputed, it's the doctrine, it's an important Bible doctrine, it's called the doctrine of imputation. And it means to reckon to another or to put to one's account. In the plan of salvation, there are three aspects to imputation that I want to mention, all right? And and look up here. I use this illustration a lot, but I'm going to use it a little differently today. This hand represents you and me. We're going to let my wallet represent our sin, okay? This is our sin. Here we are. All of us would agree we are all sinners. The Bible tells us that God loves us. God hates our sin. He loves us. Our sin separates us from him. Here we are, we are all sinners. God says, if we are gonna pay for our own sin, in other words, we will assume the debt. God says, okay. We will have to die and we'll have to spend forever separated from God in hell if we are going to do it on our own. God says, though, but to him that worketh not. Because God loves us so much, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, this hand representing him. Jesus came down from heaven, he is sinless, became a man, the God-man, the only man who's ever been perfect, and he died as a substitute for you and me, all right? Now, the first part of imputation is this, that the, uh, the imputation of Adam's sin to the human race. In other words, when Adam sinned, every one of us has been, has, had put to our account sin and a sin nature, So this is where we find ourselves. In Romans chapter five, in verse 12, you can look at it. It says, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. How do we know that? For that all have sinned. And so here we are as sinners, but the Bible tells us this: that God so loved you and me that He sent a Son. And when Jesus died on the cross, He took our sin upon Himself. Watch this. Watch. So we would not have to pay the debt, He came and paid the debt, for us. And He died, and He paid for our sin, and rose from the grave three days later. He has paid our debt. All he's asking us to believe is have faith in him, trust in him, that he paid that debt for us. So, this is what he did. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse six. Six hundred years before Jesus ever came. It says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The second part of imputation is this, the imputation of the sin of the human race to Christ. Adam sinned, sin was imputed to us. Jesus died, our sin was imputed to him. All right, now here's the wonderful news. Of course, he came back from the dead the third part is this, the imputation of the righteousness of Christ to the believer. All right? We see this all the time. Here we are, our sinners. Jesus died, paid for our sin, but here you go folks, watch this now. God gives us when we trust in Jesus Christ the Savior. The great exchange. The payment he made, when we trust in him, that's faith in Christ. When we trust in Christ as our savior, Our sin is taken by God. He gives us in its place his own righteousness. So when I die, and actually this would be true the very moment you trust in Christ, you have everlasting life. You have the righteousness of God. By the way, let me give you a verse on this. For he, God hath made him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When you trust Christ the Savior, the payment he made is good on your behalf. He takes your sin, he gives you his righteousness. When I die, now God's not gonna do this, but if he did, I die and I stood before him, and he says, why should I let you in to my heaven? You're a sinner. Yes, Lord, but you know what? Jesus died for my sins, I trusted him. He gave me his righteousness. I have your righteousness. Can I get in? What do you think he's going to say? Friend, if you're as righteous as God, certainly you can go to heaven. This is what we have as believers. But people today are saying, no, I can't accept that. That's too easy. That's too simple. This is the truth. We have it when we trust Christ as Savior. Okay? He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, Christ knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Back to Romans chapter four. Romans four. Let me read verses four, five, and six together. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace but of debt, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted, imputed, For righteousness, even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness. In other words, God puts to his account righteousness, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord, watch this, will not impute sin. Think of it. Think of how marvelous this is. See, even David understood salvation by grace alone through faith alone. He knew he wasn't saved through keeping the Mosaic law. The truth of the matter is salvation has always been by grace through faith. Okay? Will you remember that? Salvation has always been by grace through faith. No one has ever been saved by keeping the law. No one. Because no one's ever kept the law except Jesus Christ, because he's perfect without sin. And he's the one who could come and die in our place. And he did that, paid for our sins. And when we trust in him as our savior, he says, I'll give you as a gift my own righteousness. I love you so much, I want you to have it. Friend, this is a marvelous truth. Verse seven saying, blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And the Lord will not impute sin to the one who has believed in Christ as his or her savior. He will not. Now, do we still sin? Yes. Should we? No. Will we? Yes. Yes. God doesn't want us to sin, but we will still sin. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Even though we sin, remember the payment Jesus made is good on behalf of all of our sin. Even though we sin, we have his righteousness. And he says, once you've trusted Christ, you have God's righteousness and God sees his righteousness. And he says, I will not impute sin to the one who has my righteousness. I will not. I will not. Now, If all my sins are gone and God will not impute my sins to me any longer and I have God's righteousness, where do you think I'm going when I die? I'm going to heaven. Listen, I'm as sure of heaven as if I'm already there. Wow, you shouldn't say that. That's bragging. You still don't get it, do you? You still don't get it. I'm not sure of heaven because of anything I do. I'm sure of heaven because of what Jesus did for me. He paid for all my sin. Now, if all my sin is taken care of, then what's going to keep me out of heaven? Nothing. As a matter of fact, I have his own righteousness as my ticket. And I'd say that's a pretty good one. Verse nine. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, the Jews, or upon the uncircumcision also, that's those of us who are not Jews, Gentiles, For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Do you see that? Verse 10. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Okay? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. See, Abraham was justified at least 13 years before he was ever circumcised. Circumcision was a mark of the Jews, for the Jews. Okay? It was an identifier. You're Jewish. Why? You would get circumcised. That was instituted, all right, through Abraham. But he had salvation before he was ever circumcised. Yet in the Jewish culture, circumcision was a big deal as far as entrance into heaven. Paul is saying no. And by the way, he's a Jew. He understood what he's talking about. He was saved. Abraham was saved before he was ever circumcised. As a matter of fact, There was no such thing, get this, there was no such thing as a Jew until after Abraham was a believer. He's the father of the Jews. Circumcision was simply a sign that he belonged to the Lord. I think today of, now it's not the exact same thing, but it's similar, the idea of baptism today. Do we have water baptisms in our church? Yes, we do. But it doesn't get you to heaven Baptism is a sign that you have trusted Christ as your Savior. It's a testimony. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's a testimony. It's the same idea. Baptism, though, has no saving power. If you are trusting in it for your salvation, you're not saved. And we'll see why from the following passage, verse 11. And he received, this is after he was a believer, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So it was a picture. That he might be the father of them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Don't you hear it? Father Abraham, I know. Which he had yet or a being yet uncircumcised. So friend, what is, what is the word today? The word is this. God loves you. He's paid for your sins through Jesus Christ. And he's offering you eternal salvation as a gift. I know to some people, they say that's, that's too good to believe. Listen, you need to believe it because it's the truth. And it's the only way you're going to heaven. If you're trusting in yourself, you're not going to get there. If you're trusting only in what Christ has done for you, the moment you do, he saves you, he forgives you of all your sin, he gives you everlasting life, he gives you God's own righteousness, and you're on your way. No matter what? No matter what. Why? Because it's a gift. If you had to do things afterwards, then it wouldn't be a gift, it would be a contract. Will you trust Christ as your Savior today?